Hello. Hello. to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback podcast. I am still your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, The Three Stooges. This is episode 27, covering the short, The Sitter Downers. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, and ThreeStooges.net to find all the info for the episodes, and I usually watch them on Daily Motion or on YouTube. I've read most every book on the boys, and I use my own brain to formulate opinions on the shorts, as well as regurgitating the opinions of others. With that said, let's get on with the show. The Sitter Downers stars Jerome Curly Howard, Larry Fine, and Mo Howard. Moses Howard. This short has a runtime of 16 minutes. It's fairly short comparatively, but not noticeably so, really. It was filmed over five days from May 27th, 1937 to June the 2nd, 1937. These are all taken four or five days. Um... It worked pretty fast. It was released on November the 26th, 1937, which is almost six months. So they seem to be settling into kind of a five or six month hold from filming to release. But they are evidently having a new film out every month or so. So uh, the previous short came out October 15th, and the one before that, Cash and Carry, came out September 3rd. <laughs> Not really sure why I'm so fascinated with their production schedule. Uh, I guess I just want to see how much downtime they had or time for personal appearances. I just recently read that they had, um, I think it was seven months on and five months off or something, something to that effect, so that they could fill up those five months with personal appearances and whatnot. So don't quote me on that one. Don't quote me on any of this. <laughs> The Sitter Downers is produced by Jules White. It's directed by Del Lord. Story and screenplay by Ewart Adamson. He was a Scottish screenwriter, credited with 122 films between 1922 and 1944. Ewart! Ewart Adamson! Hello! The supporting cast in this one features Charles Doherty once again. Last time, he was the guy who ate the pepperinos in the restaurant. This time, he is the man in the street. No wonder it's uncredited, because I couldn't tell where he was when the boys drive out of the garage. He must be one of the people walking. Anyway, he's listed, so uh, I mention him here. <laughs> June Gittleson, she's Florabelle. She was the I want a man girl in uh, False Alarms, where the boys are firemen. 
she wants Curly to find her a man. Looking at her credits here made me a little sad because she is usually listed as, quote, fat girl or fat lady, uncredited. Later in her career, she went by June Bride, as opposed to Gittleson, and had a few larger roles, but um bump so to speak. <laughs> so that's terrible. Um, she was in more than 70 films between 1928 and 1945, including King Kong and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. We've covered her before, but hey, here she is again. Marsha Healy shows up here. She is the the sister of Ted Healy. He put the boys together in the first place and was their straight man until his abuse and meanness made the boys leave him in the dust, basically. Uh, she plays Dora Bell. Looks like she had only two credits. This one and the great Ziegfeld. Betty Mack plays the third sister, Cora Bell. So we've got Cora Bell, Dora Bell, and Flora Bell. So Betty Mack was in 53 films between 1931 and 41. She was on Broadway before that and was a writer. She did several stooge shorts. Robert McKenzie is the Justice of the Peace. He directed four pictures in the early 20s. And then has 27 writing credits from the 20s to the 30s. And then he follows that up with a whopping 357 acting credits. <laughs> so, uh, he went by Pops. He had two daughters and a niece in the biz as well. James C. Morton, back again. He is the man with the toupee and disorder in the court where Larry pounds his chest. It makes me laugh every time. A tarantula. In this one, he plays Mr. Bell, the girl's father. Burt Young rounds out the cast as truck driver. He was in numerous stooge shorts and has 83 acting credits. I thought I recognized the name Burt Young, but looking at his work, I must have been thinking of somebody different. Not different Burt, maybe. So this one opens with, In the spring, three young men's fancies lightly turn to thoughts of... You know. <laughs> uh, the boys are nicely dressed in suits that actually fit them. They come out of, they're coming out of a florist. They've got three bouquets of flowers for their loves. And uh, Buddy the dog is with them. He has a rose in his mouth. I looked online, but I couldn't find any credits for Buddy the dog. So the boys come out of the garage. Not in a car, but with Moe driving a moped... And then three little red wagons trailing behind with Curly and Larry and the dog in the last one. <laughs> they look like they're going pretty fast down the road here, too, down the backlot streets, evidently. Mo weaves down the road and then pulls into a driveway and they stop. And, the you know, the cars all kind of bump into each other. They stand up and brush each other's backs up off like they're dusting each other off. And they pick up uh, bouquets of flowers and dust just billows out. So I guess California was a dusty place back then. <laughs> so uh, Buddy the dog sees his girlfriend in a doghouse and takes the rose over to her. And uh, the boys go and greet the girls. June is Cora, Marsha is Flora, and Betty is Dora, like we like I mentioned previously. Uh, the dog gives the rose to his girl dog, his girlfriend, girl dog friend, his dog friend. 
And then they go into the doghouse together. Uh, the boys are on their knees. For the hundredth time, will you marry us? The girls say, oh, this is so sudden. You'll have to ask father. So sudden, it's the hundredth time. Curly backs into Moe and Larry, and then uh, Mr. Bell opens the door, conking Moe and Larry on the head. He says, can we marry your daughter and daughters? And he says, no, and slams the door. And then he opens it right back up, and he goes, are you guys still here? Larry says, yes, and we intend to stay here until you say yes. And they go sit on the couch. And Curly says, it's a sit-down strike. He'll have to throw us out of the house. And uh, he picks up some knitting needles. He almost set them. He almost sat down on them, but then he he notices them and picks them up. So a rare win for Curly. <laughs> uh, Mo tells Curly to go tell Mister Bell a few syllables. <laughs> go tell him a few syllables. I love the quick uh, wordplay or patter here. You know, Curly says we ain't interfering with interstate commerce, and we're gonna sit right here. And he sits down on the knitting needles. <laughs> Mo, Larry, something's biting me. I think it's an octopus. Which is great. Every time Mo pulls a needle, uh, Curly smacks or pulls Mr. Bell's ears or something like that. And uh, he tries to sit down, but he it still hurts. And he says, you, you fellas sit down. I'll pick it. And he pulls a scroll from his jacket that reads, this place is unfair to union suitors. He gives Mr. Bell a snide look that I thought was really funny. And then he falls over, which is a pretty stoogy way to end the scene. You know, hey, just act crazy and fall on your back. <laughs> so the newspaper headline shows, Suitors in third week of sit-down strike. Persistent lovers win nation's sympathy as gifts pour in. And then the other headline on the page reads, 110,000 Chinese living in trees due to flooding. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> It's just a weird, if it's made up, it's a weird one. And why would they use a real headline? Anyway, Mo is cooking eggs, and they have a tent set up now in the living room. And Curly is fishing in the fish tank. He says, uh, I had two strikes. Uh, here's another one. And Mo hits, he, Mo hits him on the head with the fishing pole. Uh, Larry emerges from the tent. Uh, a whistle has gone, announcing that there's mail. And there's armloads of fan mail. The boys are give, being given a lot of uh, stuff for free. And a pre-cut house. They'll get a pre-cut house if they get married. It's like a prefab house, I guess, in a box. So Mr. Bell is calling the governor for help, but he's no help. So uh, he and his buddy, uh, who's played by Pops McKenzie, uh, they hatch a scheme. So the couples are going through the mail. Furniture, dishes, a baby carriage, they get free silverware, they get all kind they're getting all kinds of stuff. Curly throws his letter. What do you got? A gas bill. <laughs> so the schemers come in and they think he's the sheriff. I mean by the schemers I mean Pops McKenzie and the and Mr. Bell. And the Stooges think that he's the sheriff, and he says, I ain't here to arrest you, I'm here to marry you. They've won the strike. And, you know, but be careful what you wish for, because here we go. So the boys put the girls' names in a hat and choose which one they'll marry. <laughs> uh, Larry gets Florabelle, who is now played by June. June was playing Corabelle just a minute ago. She hugs Larry, breaking his ribs. You know, Mo gets Corabelle. 
uh, Betty Mack, who was Dora Bell before, and Curly pulls uh, Stetson from the hat and says, which one is she? Uh, Marsha is Dora Bell here, so try and keep up their switching characters in mid-picture. Mid <laughs> they pull up to this empty lot in their truck with their ready pre-cut house that's been donated to the three sit-down suitors. Mo asks, well, where are the carpenters? And uh, Jack Long, who I forgot to include in the featured players, he says, there ain't any. Build it yourself. So Jack Long will go back. He had 19 acting credits and six stuntman creds. Uh, he died after a motorcycle accident in 1938. But back to the show. So Mo says, we ain't building nothing. We're on our honeymoon. Curly got married so he could retire. <laughs> so the girls line him up and punch him all out. And they say, uh, the honeymoon starts when the house is built. And so now... Curly is holding up a sign that says, no honeymoon, no honeymoon, no work. The other side says, unfair to union husbands. And the boys have just essentially stacked up wood and stood it up in this ramshackle house sort of shape. And they're sitting on top. Uh, June comes and knocks the support and they all tumble down. Uh, Mo and Larry stunt guys, they kind of ride the wall down in a neat little falling stunt. You know, it's pretty slick. But uh, Curly's guy, man, he looks like he falls straight, boom, just oof, straight to the ground. <laughs> so they all argue, and uh, June goes to hit the Stooges with a two-by-four, and they duck, and she hits the other girls, and then just immediately blames the boys, which was good. They did it. <laughs> you know, Mo chases Larry around after a wall falls on him, and they run through uh, Curly's perfectly smooth cement. So it's pretty funny that actually Curly looks like he's doing a pretty good job with this cement. It's per like I said, it's perfectly smooth. There are a couple of times when they're running, uh, Mo hits his head on a low board, and man, it looked whew, it looked like full speed. He's just knocking himself. They're really moving in this one a couple of times. <laughs> so then through the cement again, and now uh, you know Curly knows how it feels to be on the other 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 side of the Stooges' antics. You know, Larry is hiding. And uh, Mo swings at him and knocks the spigot off the water hose or whatever pipe. And it sprays all over. Mo's finger gets caught in the pipe and Larry, he can't move. And so Larry takes full advantage, kicking him in the butt. He gets a club and he breaks a two by four over Mo. But Mo get lo gets loose and they chase him again. The chase continues. But now the girls are chasing Mo, who is chasing Larry. And they all run toward Curly's cement. And he just jumps in it. He says, you know, he figures, I'll ruin it before you ruin it. So he just leaps in it and splashes all around. And then they just run around it. And he jumps up and says, you double-crossed me. Which is a great little, great little bit. Mo jumps on some wood. And a barrel flies in the air, you know, like uh, teeter-totter style. Um, it hit, hits Curly and knocks him out with his feet still in the cement. Mo and Larry carry on working, not noticing. Mo is hammering nails with a sledgehammer, which is just ridiculous. Larry notes that uh, every board is too long in this pre-cut house. <laughs> so then we find out that they burned up the plans by mistake. And then Curly wakes up to find that his feet are in the cement and he has to chop his feet out. And so he's got giant cement circles or big cement shoes on his feet. 
And uh, Mo takes a sledge to him, but can't do it. So they get a drill, and they they put. Uh, he says, "Good, get the dynamite." And Curly says, "You're not gonna blast." Mo says, well, "What would you do?" And he says, "I'd blast." <laughs> so, uh, you know, Mo says, "Dynamite always blows down, so there's nothing to worry about." And one stick per foot ought to be enough. One stick of dynamite per foot. So Mo and Larry, Mo and Larry run off, and they duck. And uh, Curly gets spooked and runs and follows them. And then they run again. And Curly says, well, don't be so mean. <laughs> and so his frustration is great. And then, uh, then they think, then kaboom, and they think he's blown up. And they say, maybe he was right. Maybe a half a stick per foot would have done it. Larry says, yeah, he was a swell guy. Turns out he's up a tree. <laughs> he got blown up the tree. And, uh. They're not gonna. They're gonna forget that he owed him a dollar, but uh, not anymore because he's still alive. So his lady comes down out of there. Um, his lady says, uh, "Come down out of there, Tarzan," and then knocks him down with a big piece of wood. He falls right on her, or a dummy does anyway. And Dorabelle is knocked out cold. So they go and they get a bucket of water, not realizing that chunks of the cement have fallen into the bucket, and so sploosh, they smash and man. Curly is smacking her in the, you know, quack, 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 wake up. He says, say something, not much, but something, which is a good little line, I thought. He says, I fell too, but I'm walking now. And uh, then they dump the pail on her and a huge chunk of cement comes and just smacks her in the face. Everyone's mad at each other. And then we cut to the boys wallpapering inside. And so the house must all be, must be almost finished. There's a sideways door. The bathtub is on the wall sideways. Um, and now it's time for the honeymoon. So the girls walk in and they are impressed. And they definitely should not be. And so they move a post. Like lean up against it. And uh, the ceiling collapses on everyone. And everything falls in. The end. <laughs> it looked like it hurt everyone a good bit. Uh, when Marsha is knocked out by the cement block, Curly calls her character Cora. So Marsha ends up playing all three Bell sisters in this one, just through uh, people using the wrong name each time they talk to the, one of them in the scenes. It was a funny little fail. I really enjoyed this one, and in fact, it's probably my favorite one of 1937 so far, I believe. On threestooges.net, it got a 9.1, which I think I'm going to stick right at, right there, 9.1, maybe even a little higher, but, you know. If you look closely, right after they pull the needles from Curly, he is messing, and he's messing with the father. Mo and Larry are laughing, or about to laugh, anyway, you can tell from his antics. And Larry ends up, Larry has to hide his face, you can see in the shot. Buster Keaton did a short in 1921 called One Week, and this short here by the boys was inspired by One Week. They In that one, a couple gets a pre-cut house as a gift, and the hubby struggles to build it properly. But I don't really see any similarity between the two descriptions. So, <laughs> This was the last short released during Ted Healy's life. We mentioned his sisters in this one, and that he was the straight man and the, the former or the, the the one who formed the Three Stooges. It was Ted Healy and the Stooges, or and his Stooges, I believe. 
He would die a month later in December of 1937. And this is also the last short of 1937 released by the Three Stooges. 1937, we'll just recap things here. Uh, we, 1937 saw Grips, Grunts, and Groans, which the web gave, um, threestooges.net is what I'm referring to, gave it a nine. I also gave it a nine. Dizzy Doctors, 9.5. I gave it a nine. Three Dumb Clucks, we were right at, in agreement, at 8.5. Back to the Woods, 7.7, and I gave it an eight. Goofs and Saddles. 9.4, I gave it an 8.5. Cash and Carry, 8.8 versus my 8.5. Playing the Ponies, 8.4 versus my 8. And the Sitter Downers here, the web gave it a 9.2. I'm going to go 9.5. That's 8 in one year. That was 8 in 1936 as well, and 7 in 1935. 4 in 1934. Um, That goes back to the very beginning. Um, my favorites of 1937 so far, Dizzy Doctors or The Sitter Downers. I misspoke in one of my previous podcasts, and I said that, only, that 1934 only had one release, but I was wrong about that. They had four releases in 1934. We'll go over my picks so far for the best, for the top spots. My picks as are as follows so far. 1934, my favorite was Punch Drunks. 1935, my favorite is Hoy Pavoy. 1936, my favorite of that year is Disorder in the Court. And 1937, my favorite is the last one, the, the last release, The Sitter Downers. I may have lost my mind a little bit here because I have started a spreadsheet with the title, release date, film date, stars, etc. of all the boys' pictures. I'm just starting to populate it and catch up to where I am now. To what end, you may ask? I have no idea. Just uh, mental illness, maybe? <laughs> Not to make light of mental illness, but who knows? I don't know why. As, uh, as the podcast goes, I may make it easier to check things, or it may make it easier to check things, rather. I may post it for who knows what purpose um as opposed to double research or listening to episodes again it might make it easier for me to just flip to you know like i said i'll post it somewhere at some point who knows whatever but i think that's going to do it for this episode tune in next time when we will look at the next short which is the first one released in 1938 it's a great one called termites of 1938 Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the nice messages about the podcast. Go to anchor.fm if you want to make a podcast of your own, and you really should. It's a great free site, and it takes a lot of the guesswork out of podcasting. Please rate and review the show. Drop me a line if you'd like, please. Uh, Yeah, if you don't like the show, maybe you don't rate it. Um, Five-star reviews would be fantastic, please. Or uh, share the wealth with your other Stooge fans out there. Check the Facebook page, The Three Stooges Throwback. So broadcasting from Stooge Studios at the back of the house, I have been your host once again and Chief Chowderhead, Gabriel Russo. See you next time. Bye. (laughs) 